I want to talk to those of you who are woke and who are open to rational argument. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. The rule is that no matter what you do in your artistic expression, you are never, ever allowed to upset the alphabet people. That word is just gender normative, okay? You're worse than Hitler! Remember, they're just jokes. We're all gonna die soon, and there's no sequel. But with an issue as heteropatriarchal as nuclear power, we'll have to hire multicultural empathizers, build a new safe space. I am so tired of talking about world culture. Uh, so welcome back to the Gentleman's Soapbox. Uh, we're kind of relaunching. We had to take a bit of a break just due to oh some philosophical reasons and trying to make sure we knew the, where the, what direction this cast was going in. Plus, um, Sean, if almost you almost died. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, there there is that as well. Um, I'm not as eloquent about it as, for example, Beef and some of the other people we do uh, podcasts with are. But um, if you've listened to any of the other podcasts, there's the entire storyline as well as ways to assist and help if you would like. But um, I'm not as eloquent as that. With, um, unless, Sean, would you like to go through that? or uh, I can give you an abbreviated version because I think um, a lot of people who listen to this cast also listen to some of the others. Um, but, uh, yeah, Christmas Eve of 2022, uh, the now a couple of months ago, my wife had an aneurysm followed by a stroke, uh, a huge brain hemorrhage in the subarachnoid region and, um, had to have her head drilled to drain blood and cerebral spinal fluid, uh, followed by a brain surgery after that. Um, she was in the hospital for better part of three weeks, um, where she was given less than a 10% expectation to live. Uh, she has since beat all those odds and uh, is home and, and recovering, um, albeit you don't recover spectacularly fast from that kind of injury. Uh, but she is doing uh, much better than she was three weeks ago. Uh, the bills are starting to come in now. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. I talked about this a little bit on another cast, but we got like the first bill from the hospital, just the hospital, not anybody, just the hospital. And it's like $278,000. I'm like, you made that up. <laughs> that's a, that's just a made up number. Um, well, I, the worst part about it is, is, is when you and I've talked about it before, until you get the actual explanation of benefits from the insurance company, it is a made up number. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Um, I, I don't see what you're doing there, but okay. Uh, so, what uh, what happened is is uh, you know we were in there and and she you know obviously is recovering and getting better and beating the odds and and she's beat every odds and every every recovery time that that they had but you know there's a lot she's not working and hasn't been for three months uh, and uh, her sister Kim put a GoFundMe out there uh, if you do uh, hashtag help Shannon uh, space and then do after in Google. Uh, or it will pull right up and, uh, you can, uh, contribute, uh, there if you want to, if you already have, thank you. Uh, it is beyond helpful. We are tight, but, um, at least making mortgage and car payments and stuff like that, uh, keeping everybody fed with the generosity that has been granted to us. So thank you. Um, but, uh, she continues to recover and she is on another podcast uh, with Jake and our friend Starpine, uh, just recently, it was her return to podcasting. Uh, she's kind of getting back into the swing of things and going stir crazy in the house. So they do a uh, cast on the. Uh, and and the if I may throw in, she is still, still pissed about her hair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like her first words, like when they woke her up, um, they, they had told me like, look, she's had an aneurysm and a stroke. She may not be her. And um, she woke up, saw her hair, and the first sentence that she could actually string together and say is, which one of these asshats cut my hair? And I'm like, no, 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 she's fine. No, that's her. That's her. She's in there. It's it's all fine now. That's it's, it's her. Um, that's when I knew that Shannon was indeed still Shannon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they do a cast on the Strange New Worlds fan cast channel uh, that we have, and they're reviewing Picard Season 3, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, yes. And uh, which is Jake Shannon and Starpie. So check that one out. 
but uh yeah we thought we'd uh so this cast was a little on hold for a little while again because we were uh, struggling with some format stuff and how we wanted to do things and then shannon's uh incident uh as i call it just put me out of commission for this cast for like a month or so um and we're kind of been retooling since then so this is the first cast back uh, so let's, for anybody who happens to be new, we'll take a few moments to introduce ourselves again. I am Jake. I, I am your basic pushing 50 years old, middle-aged white guy. Uh, with me is Sean. Sean, would you like to introduce yourself? I am uh, almost pushing 50, extraordinarily awesome white guy. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I've done casting for since 06. So this is uh, not a new experience for me, but the this is the first time when uh, I honestly talk about current event and political issues without Beef telling me to shut up and talk more about porn. So this cast is is a little bit different venture for me than some of the others that I've done. Well, and that's kind of where both of us started getting into the idea of doing this cast is because we've looked at a lot of the discourse that has gone on around the world and one of the things that we noticed is is that everybody's yelling at each other but no one's listening to each other so the other thing that we hope for uh if you happen to be listening to this cast and hear something that you disagree with or agree with want to comment on or anything of that nature our email is gentlemen's soapbox at gmail.com we are actually hoping to hear from the audience as we go whether it's to uh, agree with us disagree with us tell us you think we're morons however it is that you want to communicate that that's part of the idea is that we'd really would like some uh communication from the audience just so that we it, this the whole idea of this is bringing up discourse and that really kind of comes into everything that we were going to be talking about today which is how not just wokeism but anti-wokeism is basically breaking our society well there is a significant portion of and, and I I lump these things into three separate kind of arenas in my own thinking and this may be wrong but uh, I I do uh, one is like the general public like if you went outside your house today went to a, a public area you know a, a mall a a shopping center a, you know whatever and started talking to people you would find a set of answers you would find a set of answers if you turned on any media and and listened to some of the takes on that and then you would find an entirely different set of answers if you listened to political uh, rhetoric and all three of these things seem to say and to have different takes about it uh, which is very interesting to me because in all three of them are different. Well, if you if you listen to just about any legitimate study that's going on out there at the moment, uh, and when I say legitimate, I mean things that are being done in academic settings versus, as much as I love and hate academia, versus ones being done specifically by the media, what you're going to find is what we're primarily talking about is the most extreme 10% on the left and the most extreme 10% on the right. That the 80% of us in the middle are just looking at both of those sides going, dude, what the fuck? I think that describes a, a strong portion of society. And I think there's some, some shades and some gradations in those opinions there as well. What I, what I, I think you're largely right in that the, the, extreme left and the extreme right are, are so extreme on this particular subject or, or subject in particular that you're just like, oh, man, you know, because both of them, I, I see where the ideology comes from on either side. I see it. I understand where you're coming from. And I don't necessarily think that either of those extreme views don't have some kernel of a point in there. I, and I see that. The, the problem is how does those – first of all, they're diametrically opposed, right? The, the other thing is, is how do you integrate that into society? Because it doesn't – like either of those extreme views don't exactly work with people in mind. No. In ideology, sure. But uh, on paper, sure. But it, it doesn't work in real life. 
Well, uh, you, you two two examples. Example number one: I was going through social media and I found a a video of a woman who was proud, proud of the fact that she had had a workman to come in and fix her air conditioning, and the fact that his uh, clipboard had a Trump sticker on it. She, without even talking to him, she threw him out of the house just for having a Trump sticker. Now, I will admit that Trump was probably one of the shittier presidents, but as we were talking about with something else today, it's just kind of like saying he's the smelliest turd in a pile of shit. But, you know, she's sitting here talking about the fact that she doesn't want that level of bigotry in her house, and yet she's basically being a bigot herself for not even talking to the man. She doesn't get the irony. No. And uh, yeah, but but then, but then again, on the other side of that, you've got a guy like Ron DeSantis, who seems to, who uh, a lot of people on the right are thinking is their savior. But he's he, all he's doing is just knee jerking response to anything woke. He has no plan. He has no um, the concept of what he wants to do, what he wants to accomplish. All he's doing is basically going for that 10 percent on the right and anything that's woke. He's doing something against it. Yeah, which is, you know, when I when I first started seeing him do things, I was like, oh, man, that's that's awesome. Like he's fighting and he's standing up against some of that. You know, OK, cool. I get maybe he's that middle of the road guy we're looking for. And then you just see him, like you're saying, do knee jerk reactions to anything. Well, you're like, God damn it. You know, but, like, but it's 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 not even you know I and the worst part about it is is being the fact that I I tend to consider myself anti woke to some extent myself. It, I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that somebody wants to look at some of these things and look at it and try to give it a little bit more of an intelligent evaluation and go, um, you know, maybe we should do something different. But he's looking at woke in the entire George Costanza approach, which is whatever somebody's woke comes out and says, he's going to do the exact opposite. Well, that's uh, but that's the the exact point. You said intelligent, uh, uh, you know, intelligent revelation uh uh god i can't even remember what you said 20 seconds ago the word you but but uh you know like look at it in an intelligent reasonable way that's not what anybody's doing in a political standpoint the only thing that that they're looking at is what can i use what angle can i take to get me elected or re-elected and that's the political area right that's that's kind of one area you look at the media and it's much, much worse. I mean, it's it's even worse than that because what they're doing is intentionally framing, shooting, and, and positioning stories to put more gas on the fire and then waiting until it gets on air to light the match, right? Well, that that's how they make their money. That's how they make money, and it's a, a terrible, terrible it, it, in, way in, to go about it. And there's a part of that, though, that I've been trying to figure out when somebody's going to wake up and look around and notice something. They're all basically pandering to the fact that they've got to get all of this ratings to for their advertisers. And their advertisers are still desperately trying to advertise and find ways to advertise on mainstream media. Not only that, but mainstream media finds themselves then catering to somebody like Mike Lindell. I don't know if you saw the whole tweet stream that came out between uh, Tucker Hannity and uh, Laura Ingram. They hate his guts, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, they won't say anything about it unless they're doing a little bit of a a group chat between themselves because they want his money. But so but what I'm trying to figure out is you've got all these advertisers who are still catering to trying to give these people money and in, in, in that uh, vicious circle of loop of them giving them more money so that they can get more ratings and they can make things more um, intense. And yet nobody has recognized that the actual viewership and listenership is no longer with mainstream media. They're talking about wanting to reach people and get people with their advertisers. And yet. Somebody like Joe Rogan gets more listenership than any of the. Uh, actually, I think it's like all three of the major networks, major news networks combined. Well, it's even worse than you think, because it, it, to be clear, uh, network news and I'm talking about any of the big three, your Foxes, your CNNs, your MSNBCs. It's a dying platform and everyone kind of now knows that. 
They're well, struggling once again, to get. except for the advertisers, except well, for the people who are paying. Well, the the advertisers are are a different story. But but before we get into that, the mainstream when I say mainstream, I mean televised media is largely aimed at boomers because that's the only one who watches mainstream television anymore. So. When you're when you say mainstream TV, when you talk your CNNs, your Foxes, and your 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 MSNBCs, you're talking about a boomer audience. Now, uh, to be perfectly clear, okay, the CNN primetime CNN right now is getting the pants whooped off of it, audience-wise, by reruns of iCarly. Well, so yeah, that's that's because everybody's figuring out that Don Lemon really is a douchebag. Uh, well, they haven't figured it out well enough. He got rehired, but still, or he got re <laughs> re, you know, he's going to sensitivity training or some crap like that because they're scared to fire anybody. They're scared to change well, anything because lo- they can't. I still love the fact that Don Lemon got read the riot act on racism uh, uh, by Morgan Freeman, basically telling him that his whole racist concept was bullshit. And that was actually a direct quote. Because it Bullshit. is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but but still, even yeah, which was great by the way. I enjoyed it. But but here's the like mainstream televised media is headed towards the boomers. Everyone else, and I do mean everyone else who is not a boomer, gets their information from the internet somehow. Every one of them. Well, and, whether it's TikTok, YouTube, Substack. Uh, uh, podcasts that's where it's all going to and yet you look at these advertisers with millions of dollars trying to reach people and they're i I, this is and i know i'm kind of harping on this but it's just confusing the hell out of me that they can't even look at a spreadsheet and go wait a minute the actual people is they're over here we're trying we're spending all this money on on mainstream media and when somebody says would you like to advertise on my podcast they're going eh well, you mean that but, crap people do in their basements? That's how they see that, though. What, but, what but, you have some, to... of, some of these people, not us, some of these people end up having something in the nature of like 60 million listeners per, <laughs> per episode. All right. What you're dealing with, though, and I'll explain exactly how this happens. I worked in television for a long time. Uh, I'll explain exactly how this happens. What happens is the, the people in charge, the advertisers in charge of those advertising dollars are all boomers themselves. And as long as the reports come back in a favorable measure, they will still spend the money on television advertising. Television is a dead horse. Everyone knows it except the boomers, except the older generation. They don't know how to do anything else and they don't want to change. So they will throw all their money at television because they, to them, they can still see the results because if you throw enough money at it, it will work at a certain level. The problem is you can only do that in certain industries, right? Because the advertisers that are left on television are all skewed towards an older audience. If you want to look at anything young, anything new, anything with anybody under the age of 50, you're going to have to go digital and you're going to have to go to the Internet. And this is not something that they're comfortable with. Gen X doesn't. We were raised on television, but we don't do that. I don't get my news off television anymore. I don't even have a television subscription anymore. I do everything online or on apps. So when I want to go to the news, I go to the Epic Times or, or uh, you know, or something like that, where it's it's an independent news source that is doing what I consider at whatever time it is, and some wind up skewing one way or the other, depending on who it is. But the Epoch Times right now is but at even, least kind of in the middle. But even if they are skewing to one side or the other, they're being honest with not only the audience but themselves about it. Well, they have to be because they know that their audience base is directly responsible for their income stream. So they have to be a lot more honest about it. When you talk about something like Fox or CNN or any of the big three, right, any of those three, they are still running off a system that pays them to exist instead of the content they produce because of the way the network stream or the network deals work, right? 
They pay them a billion dollars, not uh, CNN a billion dollars, not because CNN is worth that, not because they they produce that content that they need because of an old communications agreement. They're part of the bundle that that is part of the bundle that broadcasting has to get. That, that they have to get. So they get a piece of that money. That's the only reason CNN even still exists. If it wasn't for Trump, and say what you want about Trump, he was right about this. If it wasn't for Trump, they wouldn't exist. They'd have died a couple of years ago. And they're back on that trend now. They're really not getting the audience, and they don't know how to adapt and change. They're going to die. And when the boomers are all gone, they're going to be dead. And they know that. They're just getting the last milking dollars out of this network television thing while it still exists and while there's still people watching it and there's less people watching it every day but you turn that just a little bit more and now you get where the rest of us live and that's well, in this this internet media area but that but that even goes into the exact concept of why you're saying that podcasting and youtube and all that is working for for la- for lack of a better term, and I know this isn't even the correct term, honest media. Well, it is the last free media. Podcasting especially is the last free media. There's no gatekeeper to podcast yet. There will but be. It, but, but as much as you're saying that, that, that that's what the podcasters have figured out because their money comes directly from uh, their, their viewership and listenership, there is a group of people who have not figured this out yet, and they're looking at their numbers not even their their money's numbers, their, their spreadsheets and their incomes drop dramatically, and they're all looking at each other. They're going, "Why?" And that is the movie and entertainment business. They are catering so much to people's political ideologies that no one wants to go see the crap that they're putting out anymore. I haven't wanted to see a movie in a very long. You know what the first movie I saw? I saw a trailer for it the other day, and I was like, "Man, I actually want to really go see that." John Wick. Renfield. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, John Wick's a given, but that's that's a continuation. <laughs> I'm talking about something new, right? Like like something a new idea came out and I want to go see it. Uh like not not a, a continuation of something else that was really available before this whole thing happened. I'm talking like a new movie that came out. It's a it's a it's by itself. It has nothing else before it and nothing else, you know, uh, leading it in. And I was like, "Man, I actually want to go see that. That's the first movie since the pandemic, since 2019, that I went, I might go see that. Um, You're right. There's a lot of drivel coming out because it takes so long to get these scripts. It takes about two years from from green light to movie hitting theaters. It takes about two years. So what you've had for the last couple of years is there's, uh, first of all, there was just a dearth of, of movies from the pandemic era anyway. And then after that, all those films that got greenlit beforehand and actually got to finish were all uh, highly woke. Let's just say some of your, your Ghostbusters and your new Charlie's Angels and your new, you know, like all those kinds of films. Um, but, it, but it's not getting better. It's not. And it's, it's in fact, it's getting worse. There's a lot of wokeism in films right now and that and seems the, to be what they think we want well um, the, what the, what it is is that they're that their films are not getting protested on uh twitter however no one's paying to go see them either and that's really the rub you know like hollywood and and this is something they're going to have to deal with too established hollywood is not what it was i well, can, you know but but you listen to even then a lot of the uh, people who are coming in from Hollywood and making political stances, they, I don't, even on the right or the left, they're morons. That's there always been intelli- true, though. There isn't an intelligent concept coming out of them. But, okay, and, and, and maybe this is my perception, so correct me on this one. But are the dumbasses in our culture listening to them more than they used to? Because of social media, because it's rather than just somebody standing up at a rally or getting thrown on TV with a soundbite, they're actually getting all of the shit thrown in their faces on social media. I think there was a, and I, I wish I remember where it came from, but there used to be uh, just a dichotomy that existed that if you were 
you know, like a crazy activist and you were you were doing weird stuff and everything, it was kind of contained to your local area because you couldn't throw your voice far enough, fast enough to get somebody to get enough morons behind whatever stupid thing you were doing fast enough for it to survive. That is not the case anymore with social media. And in, with social media, it, it's a crazy phenomenon because everybody is lent the same weight initially. So it doesn't matter whether you're a wingnut or a leading expert and researcher in your field about a certain subject. You both get the same voice. And what we have found because of human nature and because of the way social media works is the wingnut gets more attention than the reasoned point of view because they yell louder, longer, faster. And that's just how human nature works and, but, but, and how they're not, social media happens. And I guess the part that bothers me is when you look at it, what they're yelling is a lot of times extremely inaccurate. I'm not even talking about like misinformation and disinformation. Every time I hear either one of those words, I just want to beat my head on the desk. I'm talking about things like, you know, because we'll stick with entertainment, J.K. Rowling. Sure. J.K. Rowling has not said anywhere near what these people are accusing her of. I think they accused her of being a Nazi recently. Uh, it, it, everything from being a Nazi transphobe. Now, what she has said is, that as an older feminist, that the things that she fought for as a woman, that she would like to basically keep putting her efforts towards natural-born women. Now, I can understand that that makes a lot of people in the trans community's head explode, but that does not make her transphobic. Well, to you them know, it does. And, and, and they're, and then, they're and like, then, oh, you're and coming then, out against trans people. And she's like, no, I'm coming out for women. Yes. And so what I'm coming down to is that people are not actually listening to what anybody is saying. And it gets so strange, so just out of whack, that what you end up having is three people um, – the people who played Harry, Ron, and Hermione, I am drawing blanks on all of the actors, though I should. Daniel notice. Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Grant and, and Emily, Emily? Emily what? Emily Watson. Emily Watson, there you go. Emma Watson. Um, all of them have come out and basically just publicly torn her apart. And it's kind of like, you know what? You really want me to listen to what you have to say about her? Give the money back. Oh, yeah. What she did made all three of those multi, 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 multi millionaires before they were 20 years old. They never really have to work again. No. And yet they're going to stand there and accuse this woman of all of this shit. What they should be doing is, is, is saying thank you and keeping their mouth shut. But if they really want people to take what they have to say, take the money that they made off of her and give it back. Which is why you don't listen to duplicitous people from entertainment. But, but a lot of times that's really, as far as especially entertainment is concerned, all that's out there. You don't want to know there's there's actually one of the group that actually did come out in, in her favor. And it's really is errors come out to defend J.K. Rowling. And it really is kind of funny who it was. <laughs> Luna Lovegood is actually on her side. I liked her then. I like her now. Uh <laughs> But but the point is, is that you've got all of these people who are yelling and screaming without actually taking the time to listen to what's been said. You and I have gone over Dave Chappelle more times than I can count. I, and, I, and I will tell you that anybody who thinks Dave Chappelle is a transphobe did not actually listen to what he said. Also, it's very easy. Uh, and this has been proven over and over and over. It is very easy to flip out on social media so that you can get your serotonin hit and get your righteous indignation in because it's it's a faceless crime, right? You can't be held to account for that. Now, um, that will since change. Uh, we are going to get and enter into a place where wokeism will be the law. And we're rapidly coming to that already in, you know, I think it's California or whatever. They have laws against it. In, in Britain, they have laws where you cannot come out and say certain things. Like the freedom of speech, which is Amendment well, 1. Britain has never had freedom of speech, though. No, no, no. I know that. But I'm saying here in America, it's already happening as well. Um, 
that well, will be a I'll, thing of the then past. I'll go back to my favorite guy, Dave Chappelle. The, the, the first is the first for a reason, and the second is there just in case the first doesn't work out. Well, it, it's it's a matter of of public record. Like you can follow what we're doing. Oh and, yeah. And what we're doing is is whoever yells the loudest is going to get the most changes. And right now, with the use and help of traditional media and social media, uh, extreme positions from one side or the other have figured out that if they get enough people to yell hard enough, long enough, they can get their way because nobody in a political standpoint, which is, this is hysterical, nobody in a political realm wants to come out and take a hard stance on anything. So what you're going to get is a bunch of mealy mouth mush that is backed up by lawyers driven by crazy people. And and this is the road we're going to go down. So in 20, 30 years, this podcast will be illegal because we are going against the state-sponsored whatever it is. So, so you you don't think that even especially just sticking with entertainment for a moment that this is going to get better anytime soon? No. Okay. No. So, so you won't be surprised when I tell you that the reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is going to kill off a few of the two of the turtles so that they can replace them with female turtles. This does not surprise me at all. Now I know that the grand scheme of things that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is not one of the great issues of our time. Yeah, I don't think it's the <laughs> fulcrum upon the world but, turns. But, but, I, no. but I'm using that as an example of the continued direction that the entertainment business is going. And then, and I, and once again, it's what I come back to is that they're then standing there going, why does no one want to come see our movies? Hey, if they're positive, people want to pay for that. Go spend your money and make it. I, I'm sure that it's going to go well. I, whatever, like whatever but, but, makes but, you happy. I just don't have to watch it. But it, at the same time, the, apparently the accountants are scared enough that they're not going to stand up and go, dude, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, they'll fire those accountants on grounds of of non-compliance or or hate speech or something like that. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think largely, um, you know, before we go too far down a doom hole, you know, cause we gotta, we, you know, we're, our new format is, is going to bring this out the other end. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I actually, oh, I'm sorry. And I, I apologize. I'm interrupting you. Go keep going <laughs> before we go down too far down that way. Uh, I, I do think that the trend, like the pendulum hasn't swung fully to its 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 end right because i always look at at these kind of swings like it's a pendulum right you kind of want to keep it in the middle where it belongs so that people can argue and have good stuff and it'll it'll push one back and forth but what we've had in the last 40 to 50 years is large swings and we are not yet on the done with the upward swing we haven't reached the point yet in my personal opinion with this whole woke thing we have not reached the point yet where the it has gone too far and everybody's like wow this may have taken it a bit too far i don't even think we're close yet they haven't started monitoring speech on the internet and finding you like in um china no uh what's the sandra bullock movie with uh sly Stone? Oh, uh, demolition man demolition man they I, haven't I, started demolitioning man hey if you want to see what our future looks like i i'll recommend two sources that will tell you exactly what our future looks like one of them is Demolition Man. The second one is the book Friday by Robert Heinlein. You want to know what California is going to look like in 100 years? That's exactly what it's going to look like. You know, she asks which, whether or not she's going into the male, men, men's room or, or women's room, and they get to look at her and go, what, you want to get arrested? You're going to ask that? It's exactly what it's going to be like. Um, but but the other part about it is is that this is still we're still talking about the most extreme 10% on either side. And it's starting to show in a positive light that you're starting to have people who are fed up with it to the point where, what are they calling it? New greater Oregon or something? Greater like that Idaho, greater Idaho. That's right. So in our more uplifting portion of, uh, cause we want to try and balance this out. We were getting a little doomsay uh, in the G in a little repetitive. 
So uh, part of the new format is we're going to spend equal time, or at least try and do equal time, on something that is the way it should be. And what has happened uh, is the good folks of Oregon, in their infinite wisdom, have kind of alienated... Or, or, or sh- shall we say the... the uh, um the uh, eastern two-thirds of Oregon. Yeah, well, yeah, the 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 western quarter of Oregon has really kind of pissed off everybody else who lives in Oregon. So the coastal cities have really annoyed the crap out of people uh, who live east of them. And what has happened is they are really kind of running the place uh, the way they want to, and it's very left-leaning. So in matters that uh, matter greatly to the people in the eastern parts of the state, the eastern three-quarters or two-thirds of the state, uh, matters of gun control, of taxation, of city policies, of of school uh, educational uh, curricula, of, of all those things that uh, they would like more uh, discussion and perhaps left or, uh, less left-leaning policies for, um, the left-leaning cities on the coast pretty much just get to make their own rules because they are the population majority. And the people in the eastern uh, two-thirds or three-quarters of Oregon have decided that they no longer want to be in Oregon. Now... You might think uh, if you go to uh, go to historical parts that that's just going to be a war for independence. Uh, and that would be incorrect because there is a process in place. Now, it hasn't happened since the, you know, 1800s, really. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I know it happened at one point when because what you think of now is West Virginia and Virginia used to be all one state. Yeah, it used to be one state. Right. Uh, so it has happened before, but it's it's been over 100 years. However, states can redraw their lines if everybody agrees that that's something that they want to do. And here's the process for that, okay? All the counties involved in the land transfer or the, the state transfer have to have a vote. That's the first thing that has to say, that say they're in favor of this. And then the state that they're trying to transfer to has to agree that this is a good idea and they want these people. And then the state that they're coming from has to say, you know what, we're going to let them go. And then a congressional body has to say it's okay. Now, that may seem like a lot, and it freaking is, okay? However, a couple of things. One, it's not unprecedented. It has happened before. Two, looking at it from the bottom up, okay? Um if you look at it from the counties that are represented in Oregon that want to leave, they are rural counties. There's not a lot of people there, and they are a uh, as far as like cities like Portland and, and some of the coastal cities are concerned, drains on the community uh, tax income, right? Because the the cities have to support these rural areas, and they're really not happy with it. They're also not happy with the amount of flat and crap that they get from the rural parts of of Oregon they're like oh we got to listen to those idiots again why can't you just leave us alone so we can do what we want to so uh 11 I think out of the required 13 counties have already passed legislation that says that they want to go to Idaho Idaho you know for its part has already passed legislation or at least uh the initiative that says we would like to have you Okay, so you're, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, man, Oregon's never going to let them go. They're not going to reduce their state by two-thirds. Actually, they might. And here's why. One, if they do that, that will completely redraw what it is that makes up their representation. They will be, for all intents and purposes, a completely left-leaning political state, which means they will have virtually no Republican dominance in any county left in the state of Oregon. 
Yeah, it, it'll basically be a one-party state. It'll be a one-party state. This is highly attractive. The other part that's highly attractive is the rural counties that were a financial and tax drain on the rest of the state will no longer, they'll be, as far as Oregon's concerned, Idaho's problem. And Idaho is quite used to having rural problems. And Idaho is quite used to having rural counties and looks forward to having them. So Oregon's not opposed to letting them go, and Idaho would like to have them. This is a fantastic scenario as far as how this might happen. So there's a lot of most of the counties that have to do this in, in the state of Oregon have already voted for this proposition. So. So and, and and there's even a positive on the perspective federally as well that would the the uh, there's considering the fact that they're looking to join Idaho, which is already a red state and going to stay a red state. Um, they're rather than trying to become an independent state of their own, it doesn't change the political calculus in Washington. So you have no battle there either. So as far as congressionally, this is pretty much a push. Right. Except that they're pretty much guaranteeing Idaho stays Republican and Oregon stays Democratic. Hmm. How does this affect the Congress? Now, it, it would be a win for them because they would see, be seen to be these great statesmen, you know, threading the needle through times of trouble and strife by making everyone happy. And it really wouldn't affect them. So. It's possible with enough work and enough uh, bureaucratic pushing that this could actually happen. Here's why I think this is actually a good idea. Uh, one, it provides a lot of relief to the people in eastern Oregon uh, who are not getting the services and say that they want and Idaho already kind of agrees with how they want to live their lives. They agree with them on second amendment issues. They agree with them on weed issues. They agree with them on taxation issues. They agree with them on farming issues. They agree with them on, uh, uh, the, the, uh, makeup of the content that they teach in schools. So all the, the points of pressure that the Eastern part of, of Oregon is rebelling against Idaho already does all that. So making them part of Idaho and saying, well, how you want it, it is how it's going to be. Welcome to Idaho. This makes it great for them and better for the citizens of Idaho. That, like, they have more constituents and greater land area and more farming. And, and, and it just, it kind of works out for them. But the citizens also of that, portion of Oregon actually get representation that actually represents them actually represents them instead of these people who they have nothing in common with and never will so to me this is a fantastic way of using our country's bureaucratic system for in in the way in which it was designed which to my recent memory has never fucking happened. Okay, like no, I mean, like like name for me the last time something like this came along and everyone went, yeah, okay. Like holy well, crap. We've we've talked about it before because it's an issue that affects the two of us, which is the second amendment. Sure. You know, just uh, people are going to argue with me on this one, but if you really look at it logically and the language wise, as much as you want to try to argue where the damn comma is, Every gun control um, law out there, the way it stands right now, is in fact unconstitutional. Yes. Okay? Th that is a fact, not an opinion. However, try to get away without them enforcing one. Um, so, in the, But that's basically what it is that you've been looking at, is people just making laws saying we're just going to ignore what the Constitution says, we're going to make a law, and hell, even since the Biden campaign started, you've had people going, you know, we know this is unconstitutional, but we're going to do it anyway. And wait for the Supreme Court to renege it years from now. So we're going to get years of enforcement to get people used to it. And then the Supreme Court's going to kill it. We know that's going to happen, but we're going to do it anyway. So I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again right now, which is there is a method to alter, change, or even, God forbid, repeal the Second Amendment. The, the method exists. 
Oh, sure. However, however, they're not going to do it. Now, if at least they came around and said, we're going to do a campaign, we think we should repeal the Second Amendment. I may not agree with it. I may be one of the people out there protesting against it. But at the same time, I would at least respect it because it's it's following the process that's been set down. Well, they know that they'll lose the South if they try it. And they well, can't afford they, to actually, lose they, the South. They're also the fact that it, it's... It's never going to work is probably is what they've already recognized. They're trying to do something that as much as you've got everybody screaming and yelling on, once again, the 10 percent on one side and the 10 percent on the other, uh, it, it, it's not going to work. It can't work. Even if you did repeal the Second Amendment today, there are too many firearms out there that you're never going to get. Also, the states will enact something that that is basically put cements in the Second Amendment on a state level. So that'll that'll wind up working against them. Plus, it will. But, well, push but even them then, further. what you'll get, what you'll get is it, it's very, very similar, unfortunately, to the abortion issue. You'll have the states that will have what they want in that state. You know, you'll have people yelling and screaming from outside the state, like, for example, all most of your um, pro-abortion uh, rhetoric is coming from states in which abortion is completely legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's kind of like what what are, what are you yelling and screaming for? You live in New York. If that's what you want, fine. You know, if you if the people in Texas want to go up in arms, which surprisingly enough, they haven't. Well, and that's the whole thing when they unless you live in Austin. Yeah, well, you know, when they passed constitutional carry down here, everybody was just like, oh my god, there's gonna be gunfights on every corner every Monday. You know, and it's like, do you know what changed? Nothing. <laughs> the but, people but, who are going to carry guns still do, and the people who don't don't. But see, and that's kind of part of the point. It's one of the, it's one of the problems with giving the federal government as much power as we have over the states, because you've got people in New York and California trying to tell Texas how to live. Yeah, and it's not going to work. It's not. It's not going to work. No, but not only that. But see, it even wouldn't work in the opposite direction. When you know, get put George W. Bush back in office, and then you've got people from Texas trying to tell people in New York and California how to live. Yeah, and that doesn't work, work either. Yeah, it's it's what we've done is is create a situation where a lot of people feel unrepresented, and yeah. this this Greater Idaho thing, if this goes through. I, I swear to you, if this goes through, it will be the greatest achievement in modern politics since the last time we we made a new state. Because honestly, this is a sign that the system can work if people pull their heads out of their ass. It is it is the greatest piece of legislation th that we are doing on on an American home front level. I swear to you, it is the greatest piece of legislation that we are trying to get pushed through because it, what it does is show you, look, America can still work. You can still be represented and you can still be who you are and live free under people who understand you and support you and, and will represent you as you wish to be represented in the, in the United States of America. It can work. Look at Idaho, right? Look at Oregon. These people were diametrically opposed. They worked out their differences in a peaceful, legal manner, and it went through. Now, do I have a ton of hope for this going through? I'm about 50-50, right? Because I can see how it benefits absolutely everybody. I really do. Now, there's some downsides from Oregon that I think they may not be thinking of, right? But, you know, you're reducing your state by two-thirds as far as its landmass. However, that's hey, two-thirds. Rhode Island exists. Yeah, there's two-thirds that, um, honestly, nobody lives in. You know, as far as they're concerned, I mean, they're wildly overpopulated on the coast, and there's not a lot of people living in that area of, of Oregon. Now, um is that such a big deal? I don't think the people of Oregon or, or of Western Oregon really, really care. I really don't. So it may not be that big a deal for them because they don't have to listen to them bitch. And then the people from those counties that want to break off, they don't have to listen to the crazy Westerners bitch. It may be better for everyone if they just have a peaceful resolution for it, which is what 
we're built for. We were literally built to do this. Let's change. Let's make it so that everyone's happy. It is possible. And I, I it, it gives me hope. I'm like, wow, that is a good idea. Like they looked around, they said, how can we fix this? I know there's a mechanism that exists, hasn't been used in a while, but there's a mechanism that exists that is perfectly legal that we can, if we thread the needle well enough, we can make everyone happy. And to me, that is a fantastic win. It has to be. It has to be a fantastic win if it goes through, right? If if it goes through, that is a... a unbelievable step in the right direction have have you heard any negative punditry about it i haven't i have not no i haven't heard any group that is wildly against this uh but come but, out. Even, but even then the the you know the turds in the media you know have you heard any of them come out and say this is a bad idea on either side no not really i mean the the problem is nobody's really like it hasn't gotten mass attention yet right like it's it's still a reasonably district oriented movement right because you've got a bunch of counties voting for things and and you're 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 still kind of where this is happening is a local thing idaho's thrilled to death about it they're like yeah let's do this thing right governor governor of idaho was like yeah let's do this um i i that gives me a lot of hope right like there's there's some really cool things happening here i think there's one two three Maybe uh, three counties, three and a half, you know, counties that have not voted on the Idaho resolution, the Greater Idaho resolution. That's not that they're against it; they just haven't voted on it yet. Well, the, the, there is a couple of counties that there. Excuse me, there is there are a couple of counties uh, who are in the. I won't go so far to say the middle, but they're surrounded by counties that want to go that don't want to go. So that would be that's going to be kind of interesting as to how they carve that up when the time comes. Well, it may be, it may be, and it may you know there may be a funky ass line drawn or something you know uh, who knows. However, um, hey, there there there's a a, um, a notch in the cross Siberian railroad because there was a notch in the ruler that uh, the czar drew the line with. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it may it may be a little weird. You don't know. However, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten counties that have voted to join Idaho. There are three counties involved, four, uh, that have not voted. And there's one that's voting soon, which is Wallowa County, uh, kind of right up against that Idahoan border, that is voting very shortly. So uh, 10 out of the required 13 or 14 have already voted to go, right? So this is still at a county level. So there, there, And there may be some political stuff that they have to do. They may have to split a county here or there, or they may have to draw a weird line or something like that. But there's other things. Like even if they don't just blanketly vote to go, there may be a way through this, and which is a fantastic idea on on how – this can work and i don't really know of any other political uh, uh resolution that's going on right now that is as positive as this they have looked around they have seen that you know what this isn't working let's do something about it in a peaceful legal manner that get, tries to give everybody what they want I, I don't know of any other resolution that I can think of that does that. I mean, like I was reading the other day and I, I, it just gave me chills up my spine, you know, when like Biden's like handing the U.S. over to the WHO uh, the next time we have a pandemic. It's like, yeah, like, like that's happening over in, in and, and, D.C. And you, and, you, and you want to hear what's funny about that one? Uh, there were I, I started seeing posts about that on social media, and the fact checkers are saying that it's not true. The Associated Press, as a fact checker on Instagram, said some said that that is not accurate. Yeah, I hope it's not. And my response was, 
uh, the Associated Press needs to get their head out of their ass because it's exactly what it says. It's exactly what they did, right? It's exactly what they did. It's exactly what he did. Um, you know, because there's there's two clauses in there. There's one that says that they can't they have to put it through Congress and then or the Senate. And then there's another clause in there that says, yeah, but it de facto goes into effect, even though they didn't put it through the Senate once it's been signed. So somebody knew an awful lot about the law. I got to read it like I, I read what it was. And I was like, holy crap, if he signs that we're fucked. Right. Like that's that's on one hand. But this it, it, is the it, well, only it, positive initiative I've seen. Okay, just just to just to latch on to that one, though, for just a few moments, did you read the things that they could use to define as pandemics? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's scary as shit. Did you you read what they could do or what control they will have over? And I know this is the happy part, but hold on. But did you read what they they controlled or or the measures that they can use to control us during time of a pandemic up to imprisonment? shooting us they can they literally can shoot us if we're resisting and they can use our cell phones and any monitoring devices to make sure that we are not using inaccurate language to describe the pandemic and can be jailed therefore such if we are well so I they can you, use our our phones to listen to us and then come arrest us and jail us if I, we say the wrong thing I tell you, what, one of the one of the lists of topics that we have on our list is healthcare in in general. So why don't we table that one and we'll we'll, we'll discuss healthcare next week because we don't want to go down a negative rabbit no, no, hole, no, no, which no. that will be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but this is good idea. And but this is the the Greater Idaho thing, and this is not getting national play at all. Right. Like, did you well, see... well, no, because it's not costing billions of dollars. It's not blowing anything up. It's not telling somebody else how to live. In fact, it's not it's specifically letting people go live the way they want. Right. This is this is literally like democracy in action. Right. We have a bunch of counties. They don't want to be here. They well, want to be over there. We're going to let them vote and then we're going to see how that works. Like, oh my it's God. amazing considering the fact that you've got this is this is going on while you have people screaming at the top of their lungs that democracy doesn't work anymore. Right. This is this is like uh, you can point to this. Like I don't know why the Biden administration isn't rallying around Oregon and Idaho, pushing them to do this, right? Because they they love to push people to do crap they don't want to do. This is stuff that they want to happen. I don't know why they're not holding this up and touting it from the seven winds, just saying, look, well, I actually, our country isn't broken. The, the, honestly, I think I can answer that. Now I think it comes down to just the most cynical, shitty politics on the face of the earth, which is if they get behind it and let it happen, then it in some ways validates people wanting to leave leftist woke policies. <laughs> California's going to get a crap load smaller. <laughs> well, I mean, actually but, they hey, won't, you, you know, but, but their no, strongholds but are so actually, strong. They're not going to leave. Actually, actually the thing is, is that with California, it goes into the, re- there's a reason why California hasn't done that because they've put through resolutions to do it before, but they don't want to join another state. What they want to do is break up the state. And unfortunately, that that does is that creates new senators that that actually changes the political calculus yeah, the power structure. Yeah. So it's so that'll never happen. It's one of the reasons why they'll never make Puerto Rico a state. That's one of the reasons why Washington, D.C. will never become a state. The moment you start creating states, you start creating senators. And the moment you start creating senators, that actually changes the political calculus in D.C. And that's goofy enough that they're not going to allow that to happen. The reason why this might actually work is because it does not change the political calculus at all there are because not they're enough not creating a new state no. they're moving over to another one and there's not enough people to even move a, a congressman one way or the other right like the the amount well, of no, people I mean, well, in you, oregon idaho will have more congressmen than they had before but they'll still be the same it'll you, still be the same political count though exactly and and the senatorship won't change at all so because each state still gets two. Rhode Island gets two. So does Oregon. So does California. It doesn't matter, right? So that's not going to matter. But but there's not enough people transferring to really change the, like you're saying, the political equation 
anywhere along the line. This is a push as far as they're concerned, which is why I'm saying, like, they could hold this up and say, this is your democracy in action. Look at this. It's better for everybody. Yeah, I, I think there's just too cynical of a look at it. Which oh, is, of course there is. Which is, is why I think it's stupid that they they don't look at this and see it's a it's a huge win for them if they can hold it up because what they can do when people go and do this like you're saying they want to break up California or something like that and they can come in like great statesmen and go yeah but the difference between you and Idaho is this was better for everyone and this is just better for you quit being selfish you know and be the great statesman that they want to be right this is the, like it allows them to guide and direct and let them know, oh, this is correct action. That's bad. Like for them, just with my cynical brain, that would be much better for them. But they don't have that far-reaching sight that they're like, you know, we could use this. We could completely use this. They're not thinking that way. And, And this is part of the problem with the way DC works in the first place, right? They're 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 incredibly well, short-sighted. Well, if you if, that being said, if you, if you ask uh, you know your average you know kid walking down the street in DC, New York, or anything like that, and ask them where Idaho was, they're going to tell you it's in Africa. <laughs> and then some goofy-looking dude's going to go right. Oh, like the the Specca speaks or whatever it is, where he goes and yeah. asks those freaking teenagers, like name me three countries, and they can't do it. But but I think that's the other part about this is the fact that, you know, m- most of the heavily populated country couldn't tell you where Idaho was in the first place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Kayla couldn't. We showed her a, a blank map in the United States. We're like, point out Idaho. She couldn't do it. You know, is it one of the square ones? Nope. It's not one of the square ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> education is another topic on our list. Yeah. Uh, like, it's like, oh, man. Now, I'm not the greatest at geography either, okay? Like, like if you told me, all right, <laughs> you know, let's, let's you, name all you, the countries in Europe, I'd be screwed. You, all right? you, you can't do the, uh, the Yakko uh, States of the, of the Union song? Uh, Shannon can. Shannon, oh. Shannon can do, like, she knows, like, because she worked at Six Flags for, like, a couple of years, and she, that's how she learned all the states and the capitals, is she can sing the Animaniac song. And and can point like has it burned into her brain because it was playing while she was working the rides and stuff like that. Like she can name all the states and the capitals and she can do the world one like they did a world one, too. And she can do the world one. Um, no, of course, like half the countries in, in Russia and Europe have changed since then. <laughs> True. Uh, but uh, but, you know, she's actually pretty damn good at geography. I'm eh. <laughs> you know, I, I'm okay. I, my wife, being a, uh, a a music teacher, when she was doing elementary music, I tried desperately to convince her to teach the kid those the kids those two songs, and she wouldn't do it. But I tried. Oh man, it is because she can still do it. Like like the the states and their capitals, she can sing the whole song, and I'm like, wow, that's impressive because I can't do that. Now, um, you can give me a blank map and tell me to name all the states, and I can freaking do it. Um, Shannon cannot. (laughs) She's like, oh, crap. Is this for, I can't remember which one's Vermont and which one's Connecticut. I'm like, well, they're shaped very differently, but yes, they're both up there. Okay, if you got Vermont and New Hampshire backwards, I might give you a pass on that one, but, you know. Exactly. Like, I I have trouble with Vermont and New Hampshire sometimes or something like that, but, like, like I, it's 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 like all right, uh, this one, all right, yeah, no, that's the that's the shape, that's the right shape. So, it, but this is this is a a great win, a potential a potential great win if it goes in effect. And I don't think any intention nationally is being paid to it because of how the the powers that be like to keep things like this out of the public because it's it's not like all they're talking about now uh, that you see on the the television or, or any of the mainstream news is ohio train derailments and and people getting sick from chemicals and the chemical burn there and the war in ukraine <laughs> right it's all you see. with mayor pete out there going yeah it's just fine it's fine it's fine. We're just spreading them all with, like, chemical mustard gas. But other than that, it's fine. How many fish have died? Like, all of them. But it's uh, nobody liked those fish anyway. You know, like, is it safe to return to homes? It depends on what you define as safe is. 
Come on, go back to your house. It's fine. <laughs> Look, uterine cancer is like the least of the cancers. Okay, it's just <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, oh man. Did, did you see? Did you see the one that was sitting there in somebody's house going, "Yeah, your water's fine." So they all went, "Oh, here, have a glass of water then." <laughs> like all Aaron Brockovich, you know, here you go. I tell you what, I'll bring you. I'll give you seven, a couple gallons. You can take it with you. Uh, it's it, this is one of the only stories that I've seen that is as positive as it can be, and and is the American people using the system for in the way in which it was designed. And I personally really hope that happens. I hope map makers everywhere are put on notice. You know, because of this Idaho thing. Uh, but either way, it was a positive thing, and I wanted to talk about it. So, uh, oh, no, 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 that that's that's the point. <laughs> do you do you have anything else for us today? I don't think I do. Hmm, I don't think well, I do. Well, then, welcome back to the Gentleman's Soapbox. Uh, once again, the our email address is gentlemen's soapbox at gmail dot com. Uh, comments, concerns, questions, uh, hate mail, we'd love it all. Um, well, look, I'll, I'll, I saw something last night on social media that literally floored me, and it's so much of what I'm hoping for here, which is I saw a debate discussion between two sides on the um, school, uh, school choice issue. And what floored me was not the actual debate in and of itself, but the fact that you had these two sides which were diametrically opposed to one another, uh, who actually had a nice, polite, insightful conversation about the whole concept. You had people on both sides who learned something that they didn't know, you had people on both sides who decided that they didn't know that they that their opinion wasn't necessarily as put in stone as they thought it was. And at no point in time did anyone decided that they hated the other person because of what they thought and believed. Not a single chair was thrown. Not a single invective was thrown out at somebody else. It was a pleasant conversation and that's kind of what we're trying to do get people to listen to each other so if you've got something to say as i said even if you disagree with us vehemently please take a few moments and write a few lines and we'll talk about it other than that once again anything else i think that's going to do it well then everybody have a good week is this still a coven of capitalism where evil money can acquire a patina of virtue yes that's in our charter 